The sponsor of this episode is Audible. As many of you know, I am a huge audiobook fan. In fact, I mostly do my reading via my ears, and that makes Audible an important part of my reading life. As someone who has over a dozen audiobook apps on my phone, Audible's app is by far the easiest to use that I use in my everyday life. In fact, when I wake up, I head over to Audible, and with my subscription, which I have had for many years now, I can listen to summaries of the New York Times and the Washington Post, which give me a great way to start my day. Audible has also recently released a new subscription called Audible Plus, where you have access to a number of audiobooks in addition to your regularly scheduled credits that drop into your account every month. For me, I really love that Audible Plus includes authors like Banana Yoshimoto, especially since we are doing our international theme here on Reading Women this year. So if you are looking for more audiobooks in your life, Audible has given Reading Women a special discount code. So you can visit Audible at audible.com slash reading women or text reading women to 500 500 to start your free 30-day trial. That's visit audible.com slash reading women or text reading women to 500 500 to start your free 30-day trial. Winchester here with Joss of Squibbles Reads, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim the bookshelf and read the world. Today, we're talking about our most anticipated reads for the first half of 2021. You can find a complete transcript of this episode on our website, readingwomenpodcast.com, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Well, welcome to 2021, Joss. (laughs) Am I happy to be here? I think so. Um, (laughs) It's been quite the adventure so far, that is for sure. Yes. Uh, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. We're very glad that you are here. Yes. And whether this be uh, something that joins you while you do wash the dishes or maybe you're walking to work or, or maybe you're walking the dog, whatever the case may be, we hope that you all are doing okay or as okay as you can be. Uh, I feel very surreal that it's now 2021, but I am very excited for all the new books that will be coming out. Yes. Uh, some people say new year, new me. We over here say new year, new books. <laughs> exactly. So first up, uh, I think the obvious, we have a new theme song or arrangement of our theme song. Um, Sachi's mom, Mickey Saito, uh, arranged and recorded and did all sorts of work on our theme song. Uh, and so she will be talking to Sachi on our Patreon podcast about how she, you know, gave our theme song a facelift and what her process was like. I am not a musician, so I don't even know the proper words to use <laughs> for the work that she did, but she, she did a great job and we're all very excited about it. Yeah, I just heard part of it, and it truly sounds amazing. So a big thank you to her for rearranging our theme song for us. So we mentioned that you can listen to Sachi interview her mom, Mickey, about Mickey's process about refreshing our theme song. But you can also check out the special episodes that I recorded for the Patreon podcast during the break. 
today we're only talking about eight books that we are very excited for that are coming out in 2021. But I had the great honor and privilege to have Liberty Hardy of the All the Books podcast from Book Riot to come on the show and recommend a gazillion books that are coming out in 2021. So if you want more new book releases, recommendations, definitely check out that episode. Speaking of our Patreon, we do have a Patreon of the day, and that is Astrid P. Thank you so much, Astrid, for supporting the podcast. Uh, We are so grateful that you are here and that you are making this happen. Um, Along with our other patrons, we are so, so grateful. So like I said, today we are going to be jumping in to our eight books that we are recommending. We've tried to lean into the international theme, whether that be someone is from a different country and still living there, or maybe uh, they have parents that come from two different countries, or whatever the case may be, we have really strived to have a wide range of selections today. If you would like more new book releases, particularly if you live in other countries and want new book releases there, uh, I know that Samaya and Jacqueline are going to be sharing a lot of new book releases in our newsletter, on our social media, and hopefully in special episodes in the future. So if you are looking for those, go follow us in all the places, sign up for the newsletter, and you will be able to see all of those recommendations that Samaya and Jacqueline have been putting together. So stay tuned for that. But now it's time to talk about our eight picks. So we do have a few American titles, but since it's our international theme year, we really wanted to focus on international titles. So we have scoured the internet for international titles that are coming out in the United States, and we are very excited about all that we found. So we have a mix today of all sorts of genres and author backgrounds and all different things. So yeah, we're very excited. Uh, Joss, do you want to kick us off? Absolutely. Uh, I am so excited about this first book that I'm going to talk about. It's been on my radar since the publisher announced it on Twitter. Um, And of course, our good friend of the pod, Matthew Sharapa, tweeted about it because this is totally (laughs) his speed as well, um, which got me even more excited about it because anything that Matthew likes, I'm pretty sure to like as well. (laughs) Um, But why don't we talk about our first book? It's called Kink. It is edited by R.O. Kwan, one of our faves, as well as Garth Greenwell. It is coming out from Simon & Schuster on February the 9th. And there are many authors in this anthology of short stories. And by many authors, I mean huge names like Carmen Maria Machado, Roxane Gay, and R.O. Kwan herself. And these stories all revolve around the theme of exploring love and desire, BDSM, and interests across the sexual spectrum. And there was this line in the introduction uh, that really captures what this anthology is really about. Uh, Just a short disclaimer here that I was very, very happy to receive an advanced copy of this from Simon & Schuster. Um, So this quote does come from the advanced copy, but what it says is, by taking kink seriously, these stories recognize how the questions raised in intimate kinky encounters, questions of power, agency, identity, can help us to interrogate and begin to re-script the larger cultural narratives that surround us. I guess it's also important to note that this anthology is not erotica or romance, but it's more so a literary exploration of sex positivity through literature to make these subjects less taboo. And uh, also in the introduction, because R.O. Kwan can say things 
much better than I can paraphrase them. Uh, She also says that kink is pathologized in everyday media. Uh, Everything from being used for jokes and to portray, quote unquote, I guess like the weird family member to always being made the villain in thriller books and movies. And this, I think, extends to every part of life. Uh, For example, I was actually looking on psychology today, uh, just browsing therapists the other day, and a lot of therapists state explicitly on their sites whether they are kink and sex positive and have education about, uh, like, I guess, the BDSM community. And I really appreciate this because it's important not to pathologize folks who do engage in these sexual activities and really identify how exploring different once taboo aspects of sexuality can enrich people's lives. I love how there are so many contributors to this anthology and so many big names that I am so excited to read their perspectives on different aspects of kink and just kind of how this book is starting a lot of different discussions. Yeah, I think that this is really a new step that I have not seen a lot, I guess, explicitly put out there. Uh, that, that's outside of erotica and romance. And I had the pleasure of reading a few of these stories and they are truly amazing. And I, I love it already and I'm looking forward to reading the rest of them. And that anthology again is called Kink and it is edited by R.O. Kwan and Garth Greenwell and comes out on February the 9th from Simon & Schuster. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Personally, I've been experiencing a lot of anxiety, but there's no way that I can get into a professional counselor uh, physically because of the pandemic. If you're like me and really struggling to figure out what to do to help your mental health, BetterHelp is a great option. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account at any time to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free of charge to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. One person said that their counselor was a great help from their first session. And they say, I thought I was starting therapy to only boost my confidence, but quickly found there were several underlying unresolved issues hindering not only my relationship with myself, but with others. Visit betterhelp.com slash readingwomen, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Reading Women listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash readingwomen. And I guess looking into our next title, uh, talking about publishers that we really enjoy, Tin House is a favorite on the podcast. Uh, they do such a great job of looking for authors, you know, that are not in the big five publishing houses that we really enjoy. And I'm really looking forward to this next book. So Kendra, why don't you take it away with our second title? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, this is a debut novel by Iman Kota. So this is coming out on January 21st. So this is actually already out. You can go get it. And this author is Saudi American. And she has uh, one parent from Saudi Arabia and one American parent. And so I'm very excited to read stories that she has to tell. And so her debut novel is about a married couple who come over from Saudi Arabia and uh, they are new, they're newlyweds, they have a baby, but then the husband says, I want a divorce. And so he returns to Saudi Arabia, leaving his ex-wife and his daughter in America. Well, the wife is like, I don't know what to do. So she just disappears and the husband has no idea where his daughter is. And so the rest of the novel follows the family as, you know, they go, they obviously apart, whether or not the husband will be able to find his daughter and all of these different things going on. And I love a good family saga. I love family secrets. So I am here for this. This totally sounds like, I guess, one of my favorite genres, which is like family contemporary components at the forefront, but also like this propulsion of a mystery behind it. This sounds amazing. Can't wait. <laughs> I keep thinking of the beauty of your face where in that book, yes, it's about a family where the oldest daughter goes missing. And so throughout the entire novel, it's this mystery of where did the oldest daughter go, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm really very much excited about this. And I think Tin House finds these hidden gems and kind of brings them to the forefront. And I'm very excited that they did. Shout out to Tin House. Always love them. Like I was saying, and like you were saying, they do such a good job of bringing these books. Uh, this is a debut novel, and I am so excited to read this one. It's got all the themes that I enjoy. So thanks, Kendra, for <laughs> popping this on my radar. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, so that is Bride of Sea by Iman Kota, out from Tin House. And Joss, you have uh, your next pick which is one I'm also extremely excited for and have, in fact, already pre-ordered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I smashed that pre-order button the second that I heard about <laughs> this. I think I was already thinking about pre-ordering it before they actually announced it. <laughs> <laughs> As we do with Talia Hibbert. Uh, but <laughs> I guess that's a spoiler for what I'm going to say in the next three seconds of my life. Uh, my next pick is Act Your Age, Eve Brown by Talia Hibbert. It's coming out from Avon Books on March the 9th, 2021. And Talia Hibbert is actually a Black author, and she's located in the UK. And she's one of my favorite romance authors of all time. If you have not read her books, you are missing out so much, and she has a whole bunch of them. So get started if you have not already. <laughs> um, but this is the third installment in the Brown Sisters series, but they are all companion novels. So you could pick any one of them up without having read the others. And quick shout out to the first book, Get a Life, Chloe Brown, which features Chloe, who's a black woman who has fibromyalgia. And of course, on this pod, we always appreciate chronic illness rep. But I guess uh, talking about this book particularly, uh, this book's protagonists are Eve Brown, the youngest Brown sister, and Jacob, who is the grumpy and lovable owner of a bed and breakfast. And it's important to note that both of them are autistic. The book opens with Eve wreaking havoc at a wedding she is planning uh, by freeing some poor doves who were supposed to be used at the ceremony. <laughs> 
<laughs> this ends her career as a wedding planner, and her parents start to express their disappointment that they feel she cannot hold down a job or anything that she starts for an extended period of time. But she is determined to prove them wrong, and she goes on a drive as stress relief when she stumbles across a quaint bed and breakfast and interviews to be their new chef. And Eve's love interest, Jacob, cantankerous as ever, is highly opposed to this idea. And on her way out, Eve accidentally hits him with her car, and they have no choice now but to hire her since he is, well, injured now. Uh, This is classic (laughs) sunshine and grump fall in love trope, and I really, really love it. (laughs) I am also very excited for this, like I mentioned, and I really appreciate how... Tully Hibbert takes all sorts of people from different backgrounds and like puts them in these very awkward situations that play out delightfully on the page. And I like also how she does her romance, like the the style and how they come together. It's you know what's coming, but you kind of enjoy the journey that this relationship is on as opposed to other novels where it's like not as compelling. I really love her characters and I feel like they're so well written. The journey is definitely very important, as is the destination. But in Dolly Everett's books, the journey is very fun. Uh, it's also, I think, also really important to note something else that we appreciate about this book uh, is the autistic representation. Um, and I, again, was very lucky to receive an advanced copy of this book. So I have made my way through a good portion of it. Um, But I found that even though that both Eve and Jacob are autistic, they have different traits and different comfort items and sensations. Uh, So for example, Eve, she works with one headphone in because music is calming to her. And it's really funny because she says in one scene, you know, if I don't have this, then I'll sing. And Jacob is like, I'm not sure if I want that. (laughs) Which I guess relatable (laughs) because if I was working and singing simultaneously, my coworkers would not be pleased with the sound of my voice. (laughs) Um, But another, I guess, comfort item or sensation uh, that Jacob enjoys is that he feels more comfortable sleeping with a nest of blankets and pillows enveloping him, uh, which can definitely be perceived as a sensory pressure type of thing. Um, And they form a bond and mutual understanding of each other in a world that's filled with ableism and that often comes from a neurotypical and holistic lens. So really, really appreciate this representation. So that, again, is Act Your Age, Eve Brown. It is the third book in the Brown Sisters trilogy. But again, don't have to pick up the first two to appreciate this one. And that is out on March the 9th from Avon Books. So our next pick is The Memory Theater by Karen Tidbeck. And this is out on February 16th from Pantheon. And this author is from Sweden. And this is a fantasy novel. Now, from my understanding, this author writes in both Swedish and and English. And so this book is written in English. And this is a fantasy novel about a mystical realm known only as the gardens. Uh, It's a place where feasts never end and games of croquet have devastating consequences. I love that line. Whoever wrote that, good job. (laughs) (laughs) And teenagers are punished for growing up. For a select group of masters, it's a decadent paradise where time stands still. But for those who serve them, it's a slow torture where their lives can end in a blink. And so I really appreciate how this is leaning into almost the fairy world kind of idea of fantasy and that there are different aspects. And I love reading fantasy novels from other countries because uh, the traditions that they are drawing on are different than those in in English or or in, you know, 
UK America kind of fantasy traditions. So for example, when you have like Crystal Debos writing the mirror quartet, like that's a totally different experience than say reading something like this because they all come from different countries. So in this case, I am very excited for the story and I really, I, I have high hopes. I also wanted to note that uh, whoever wrote this blurb or synopsis really deserves a raise because I think this person can really make me read just about anything with the way that they have crafted these sentences. Yeah, and I love I love a good we love a good blurb. I really have don't have a lot of fantasy books on my list for 2021. I don't know if it's because like some major series have ended, like RF Kwong series ended last year or what, but um, I am very excited. Um, to pick this one up. And uh, it seems like definitely the escape that I will need <laughs> for, for, for February. That was a big sigh, wasn't it? <laughs> that, that was a very, very big sigh. Uh, it's uh, January 13th when we are recording this and we already <laughs> need a lot of big sighs for the experiences of this year. <laughs> May, maybe everyone going into 2021 deserves a good book that they can escape into from time to time. <laughs> Thankfully, we have eight in this episode. <laughs> so maybe you'll oh find my several. <laughs> so that is The Memory Theater by Karen Tidbeck, and that's coming out on February 16th out from Pantheon. And Joss, you have our next pick. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so stoked about this book. Uh, this book comes out a little bit later in the year on June 1st, and it is called Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Iamidi from Fival and Friends. And oh my gosh, Kendra, <laughs> when I heard about this book, I literally screamed. It sounds absolutely perfect. It has all the elements of a book that is 100% my brand. So to start, this is a young adult dark academia thriller that questions and defeats institutional racism. And it is billed as Get Out meets Gossip Girl with a huge plot twist. And on the author's website, she describes the novel as a love letter to queer black teenagers who feel powerless and alone, finally finding their voices. And she hopes that readers see that black people belong in stories like Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars. And above everything else, they deserve happy endings. And again, that's a quote from her website. But this book, Ace of Spades, is about two students who attend Nivea's private academy named Devin Richards and Chiamaka Adebayo. They are selected to be senior class prefects, which individually puts them in the running to become class valedictorian. However, and I guess this is the Pretty Little Liars slash Gossip Girl comp, uh, anonymous text messages start circulating from someone with the pseudonym Aces that reveals secrets about both of them that threaten their futures, which at this point are looking super promising. And I mean, does that not sound like literally the book of my dreams? <laughs> Basically, it is. It is. Someone like, you know, poked around in your mind and was like, yep, this is this is a book right for Jaws. <laughs> That's it. Uh, it's also very important to note that anything Dark Academia does remind me of the lovely episode that we did with Lee Bardugo. <laughs> <laughs> Quick shout out to our episode of Lee Bardugo. Subtle plug there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't know how I'm going to wait for June 1st, really. That's my main takeaway from this. That's a lot of waiting. It really is. I'm not good at waiting. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the same boat with you, but we will wait and then we will tell all of our friends to read this. I mean, yes, we're just starting now. Yeah. We, yes, we are. Uh, and another quote from the Lee Bardugo episode, we will put on our patient pants. 
something that I also <laughs> say to my toddler. And we will wait patiently for June 1st. And that is the day that Ace of Spades comes out by Farida Abike Iemiri. And we'll be back with more from this episode of Reading Women after a word from our sponsor. The sponsor of this episode is Acorn TV. When the cold weather keeps us inside, one of my favorite ways to mentally escape is to curl up and get lost in a show. Usually that means Dylan and I are curled up on the couch watching our favorite TV series. And nothing feels more transportive than when I'm stuck indoors than watching brilliant TV from across the pond. I am a huge fan of that mood of especially mystery series from over in the UK. But that's why I love Acorn TV. Acorn TV is a streaming service that's rooted in British television. It has a rich catalog of exclusive award-winning series across genres including mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. From production to performances, the series you'll find on Acorn TV are exceptional because they're so cleverly written, visually striking, and featured renowned actors like David Tennant and Tandy Newton. I love Acorn TV because of the aforementioned David Tennant, but also because of Vera. Vera is one of my favorite police procedurals featuring a woman protagonist, especially an older woman protagonist, and she has that unique take on the detective with a mysterious background who's jaded in a certain way for unknown reasons. So you must watch and continue through the seasons to see her background and understand why Vera is the way she is. It's amazing. I love her and I can watch all of her episodes over and over again on Acorn TV. So you can escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat. You can try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use the promo code readingwomen. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV code readingwomen to get your first 30 days for free. Our next pick is White Magic by Lisa Washuda which is out from Tin House, and that comes out on April 27th. And uh, Liz Washuda is a member of the Cowlitz people of Washington State. And so I saw this over on Mallory White Duck's Instagram, Native Girls Reading. And so I will link that down in the show notes so you can go check out Mallory's other recommendations. But she is a huge Alyssa Washuda fan, and when she was on a guest on Reading Women a couple years ago, she recommended a different book by this author. So White Magic is a series of intertwined essays. And so there's a blurb by Melissa Phoebos, and she says that White Magic is a bracingly original work that enthralled me in a hypnosis on the other side of which I was changed for the better, more likely to trust my own strange intelligence. Uh, it just has the best blurbs. It really does. It's so interesting because one of the books that I was talking about earlier, uh, the Kink Anthology, Melissa actually wrote the first story in that anthology. It's about a dominatrix and a lot of power play uh, intertwining in that story. And I really, really enjoyed that story. So quick plug for Melissa's story <laughs> in Kink. Well, it's funny that we didn't even plan that. So that was pretty cool how, you know, it's a small world, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely did not plan that. It had just uh, appeared in the Google Doc, and I was like, I know that name. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I really love uh, how Alyssa Washuda has really made this place for herself in 
um, memoir and in memoir specifically of indigenous authors. Uh, she also edited a collection of non-narrative nonfiction from indigenous authors. And then she also has, of course, her memoir, My Body is a Book of Rules. And so this is her latest book coming out. So this really looks at her experience growing up as a Native woman and uh, the, the experience that she has and really the effects of colonialism on uh, her nation today and different things like that. And I think so many women now are coming forward with their stories, in particular Native women. And so she is such an established writer um, in this genre. And so I just feel like whenever she puts out more work, you're just getting another excellent piece of a master at work. This is definitely one that you need on your TBR right now. Like stop whatever you're doing, open your grid reads or whatever you use, story graph and add it because it's definitely one you're going to want to read this year. Oh my gosh, this sounds so good. And uh, speaking of Goodreads and Storygraph, I feel like that's been the talk of a lot of folks. <laughs> you know, what platform to start tracking books on this year because it's a big decision that a lot of people make. I'm in a couple of discords that are bookish discords and everyone's like, what are you doing this year? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I chose both uh, because... I, of course I did. So I am really enjoying Storygraph and the way that you can add things and the way it, it has like content warnings and different things. Um, but Goodreads is where all of my other stuff is. So I just use both, but I would recommend Storygraph. I think it's a great alternative. If you're not a fan of Goodreads, head over to Storygraph. Not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. I actually really enjoy Storygraph. I just started using it last week and I felt mildly targeted by them in, in a joking way uh, because it, it, it classifies books. Uh, one of the things that I really like about it is that when you read a book, it tells you um, some of the words that I guess qualify the book, uh, like mysterious, uh, romantic, emotional, things like that. And it was like, you enjoy books that are mysterious, emotional, and very deep. And I was like, I, I guess I do. That's just the Pisces <laughs> in me. But but okay, story graph. <laughs> I accept. Well, I always recommend books based on what, how the book makes you feel, typically. And so I think that that is what it captures, is like it captures the mood of the book, not just what it's about. Which is so great. I am such a mood reader and, again, always looking thing for things that are mysterious, uh, dark, and emotional, or, or whatever story graph has decided to uh, <laughs> give to my Pisces self. <laughs> so definitely head over to Storygraph and add White Magic by Alyssa Washuda, which is out from Tin House on April 27th. And Joss, what is your last pick? Speaking of those words, uh, dark, mysterious, emotional, this definitely, I think, fits that bill. Uh, the book that I'm going to be talking about is I'm Waiting for You and Other Stories by Bo Young Kim. This is translated from Korean by Sophie Bowman, and it is out on April 6th from Harper Voyager. And this is a short story collection that is made up of four stories in total, uh, two in each of two thematically connected worlds. And that is about all the math that I'm going to do today. The, the first world is made up of the two stories called I'm Waiting for You and On My Way. And they surround the idea that, quote, love that is timeless and hope springs eternal, despite seemingly insurmountable challenges and the deepest despair. End quote. In these stories, an engaged couple are on separate missions at opposite ends of the galaxy, and they have to coordinate their arrivals back on Earth in time for their wedding. 
However, different small events thwart their efforts, from climate change to centuries passing and the land changing, as these things sometimes do. And the second world is made up of the two stories, the prophet of corruption and that one life. And these two stories are from the lens of godlike beings that create literally everything on earth from human beings to tiny little specks of dust. And in these stories, some creatures start to rebel and they are deemed as a disease or pathology that needs to be rid of and cured. These two stories explore the dichotomy between the philosophical and the corporeal and Bo Young Kim ponders the fate of free will and asks the questions, who am I? That sounds very uh, existential, <laughs> which is probably another word that Storygraph should add to their, their list of moods. I'm feeling existential today. <laughs> well, there's been so much great literature coming out of Korea. Whenever another book kind of comes over to the U.S. and we get a translation and, and different things, I'm very excited <laughs> because I just think that... In the last 10 years, the door has kind of opened and there, we have now have so such a wide range of Korean writers and such great translations. It's very difficult for me not to geek out about them because I'm, we're getting so many different kinds of stories. My first uh, venture into translated Korean fiction was Han Kong's uh, Human Acts and the Vegetarian. And I'm so happy that uh, this is coming out as well as other Korean fiction really leaning into our international theme, as well as I think publishers are hopefully going to be doing more of this because there's so much good out there that I think we need to explore because everything can kind of seem a little bit American-centric and we are trying to stray away from that and really appreciate some authors from around the world. So really excited for this one. It is called I'm Waiting for You and Other Stories by Bo Young Kim, translated by Sophie Bowman, and this is out on April the 6th from Harper Voyager. So my last pick is Touring the Land of the Dead by Maki Kashimada, and this is translated by Herden Trowell. This is coming out on April 6th. And so we have been getting a lot of great Japanese fiction by women, and I'm also very thrilled for this because there's so much talent coming out of Japan right now, and I just feel so honored to be able to read it. And so as it gets translated, I'm always adding them all to my list. And so when I saw this one... I was like, yes, I need to read this. So this is a story about Tai Chi, who is a man who was forced to quit working. And then his wife, Natsuko, is basically supporting both of them on her part-time wages. And so she really wants to help her husband and she wants to take him to the spa, um, but it's very expensive. But she's like, no, I think this will help my husband and our situation if I take him to this. It really... It has an effect that she didn't expect. It triggers a lot of memories of her complicated history of her family and this reconciliation she has with her husband. And it really looks into that. And I, it sounds like it's going to be really looking at relationships and history and memory and around family. And that's definitely something that I obviously love reading about. And uh, also shout out to Europa, who has always done such an amazing job of bringing translated fiction um, more accessible to American readers. And like you were saying, Japanese fiction is something that I think, I hope and think that publishers are really leaning, leaning into. And there's apparently the story is modeled on a classic story, the Makioka sisters. And so it looks at the relationship between four unmarried sisters and this close knit neighborhood of contemporary Japan. And I'm always a love. I, I love reading about contemporary Japan. And 
the relationships in there because I feel like that is such a definite strength of a lot of um, these writers writing in this tradition about family and relationships and different things. So, And I think that is so important, you know, and in a time where we can't actually go there, I'm so glad that translated fiction does an amazing job of bringing us anywhere that we want to go. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So if you love translated fiction, if you are looking for somewhere to start, I feel like this would be a great place. And we will talk about it later, I'm sure, when it comes out, which is on April 6th. And that is Touring the Land of the Dead by Maki Kashimada, translated by Herdin Trowell. And that is out from the wonderful Europa. Gosh, is this the end of our episode? (laughs) I feel like this is going to be a great year of reading around the world. And I think this is a good time because we can't really go anywhere. So now we can use books to still experience um, these stories and kind of take us there through the window of the mind or or however teachers used to tell you in in high school English. But they were right. They were. (laughs) (laughs) What is that quote? Books are a uniquely portable magic. Is that how that one goes? Teachers also love to to put that on their walls. (laughs) Uh, So I also want to note that while all of these are books coming out in the U.S., we will be having special editions of our newsletter and hopefully cross- crossing my fingers, we will have special episodes where we will look at books that are coming out in different territories around the world. So this is where you come in. We are only a small team, and so we cannot cover all of the different books in the world. So if you live outside of the U.S. or you're aware of a book coming out somewhere else besides the U.S. that you think that we would be interested in or that you would want to highlight, email us at hello at readingwomenpodcast.com. That would be wonderful. We already have on our list uh, Alice Pung's new novel and Growing Up Disabled in Australia, which is edited by Carly Finlay. Very excited about those coming out in Australia. Uh, But there's so many more books, so please email us about them. Oh my gosh, Alice Pung is such an amazing writer. And uh, this book, I was just reading about it actually with Jacqueline, our (laughs) co-host, who I love. And this book apparently is about motherhood. Uh, It's about mother-daughter relationships. And I loved Alice Pung's last release, uh, which is called Lorinda in Australia and uh, Lucy and Lynn in the States. Um, so I'm so looking forward to that one and Carly Finlay, again, a fave of the podcast. So a lot of good titles coming out in Australia this year. All right. So stay tuned for that coverage. Uh, well, that's it. So Joss, where can people find you about the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squibbles Reads. And I'm also a co-blogger at The Quiet Pond. That's P-O-N-D dot com. And you can find me at KD Winchester. That's K's and Kite. D is and Dylan Winchester on Instagram. And that's basically it. <laughs> so, and that's our show. Many thanks to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. This episode was produced and edited by me, Kendra Winchester, with music by Mickey Saito with Isaac Green. And you can join us next time when Kendra, Sachi, and some special guests will be recommending books around February's theme, Black Joy. In the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. Thank you so much for listening.